Uvalde uncloaked. First of all, congratulations to the MSM for getting it right. They came up with the story when the authorities were attempting to hide it. But unlocking the truth only reveals many unanswered questions and alternative scenarios. Imagine had the back door been locked. What if the police had kept up the pursuit into the classrooms? What if the employees at the funeral home had been armed and returned fire? Given a few alternative scenarios Ramos would never have killed a single child. Ramos might not have had a gun. Had he a knife only, many children might still have been killed. Had the officers kept to the same timeline things could have even been worse. During the last few seconds of the teacher's life, did they wish they were armed? We need to move beyond the conventional arguments for and against gun control. Everything that can be said has been said. The suggestions Democrats make are good ones. It is also a good idea to change the history of the United States. The historic glorification of the cowboy and gangster are a large part of the problem. When the lone hero is the solution, the lone gunman becomes a problem. Males are capable of extreme and unrelenting violence. When violence is in the service of the state, violent men are heroes. When the violence denies the legitimacy and capability of the state, violent men are criminals. It's the same violence, but when criminal acts happen, the superficial narrative begins again. The left calls for gun control. The right calls for mental health initiatives. Guns kill people, we are told by the left. People kill people is the response from the right. These competing narratives cover more than they reveal. What we saw at Uvalde was a comedy of errors. The guns killed and people killed, overtly and covertly. If the shooter was not problem enough, the elements that were supposed to ensure a shooting never happened again made sure it would be far worse than it needed to be. If Keystone Cops was dark comedy, the events at Uvalde could be their biggest hit. What could have gone wrong? List the possibilities. Police driving by the shooter, external doors left open at the very time the shooter arrived, people coming to the aid of the shooter when he crashed his truck, concerned he might have injured himself, the shooter shooting at the school yet the doors to the classrooms failing to be shut on time, the first police on the scene challenging a rogue teacher rather than the gunman, 19 police officers who failed to engage the shooter. Waiting for keys for an hour, officers who followed the shooter into the school but not into the classroom. Was there something else that might have gone wrong but did not? Did the 911 operators pass on to the officer in charge, frightened at risk children were in the classrooms with a deranged monster? The effort to cover up the failure of monstrous proportion was wrong and went wrong. The fictitious guard engaged the shooter but still let him inside. The heroic border agents who were miraculously on scene and took the shooter out. The 70 minutes that were made to disappear. Yet, despite the first scenario in which everything went according to plan, there remained 19 dead children and two teachers that were not so easy to explain.
Stories of children forced to play dead, who called and recalled 911 in the hopes of getting help. These were elements difficult to fit in with the initial narrative. We are outraged. We are disheartened. We are upset not just that the event happened, but that how it happened tried to be covered up. The police ran towards the shooting. They stopped outside of a classroom in which preteens were. The police might have had reason to pause for a few seconds. They needed to appraise the situation and ready themselves. We ought to give them at least a few minutes to do this. But a lunch break is not a justified period of time between observing the entry of a shooter into a classroom and the kill. If a policy is to be enacted to stop this happening again, this policy ought to eliminate all pauses and hesitations and attempts a live capture. Once the shooter's location is ascertained, all obstacles need to be immediately breached and the shooter killed. Ought the decision to breach or not be an open question when children's lives are at stake? Police performance is determined by the length of time that lapses between the first alert and the moment the shooter dies. If an hour and 20 minutes is the standard, the standard does not seem a difficult target to beat. Now that the event is over the inevitable task of looking in the rearview mirror begins. On the positive side, doing anything other than what was done could have improved the outcome. Reforms are easy to come by. But it perhaps too easy to ask, had the shooter no gun, could a shooting have occurred? Could a background check have kept the shooter from getting a gun, and for how long? Could mental health professionals have cured him of his anger? Did he need more hugs, more compassion, more girlfriends? External doors ought not be opened without an armed guard present. There are so many possible reforms we can and do argue about them without end. Everything helps, but does anything solve the problem? But what is the problem? Have we even defined it? Are we stopping mass shootings, mass shootings at schools, or just mass shootings committed by white racists on black people? Is the problem mass shootings or gun crime or violence against minorities and people of color? Ought we to end violence against women, dogs, the environment? Who has the priority? Does the problem not go deeper than the symptoms we are all focused on? Mass shootings are akin to perturbations in the space-time continuum that hide a cloaked Romulan spaceship. It is technically true that guns kill people. Guns that are shot at people by criminals kill innocent people is more contextually honest. Guns only kill because they became part of a human being's vile purpose. People kill people is similarly true but misleading. Criminals kill innocent victims, but not all criminals kill people. Being truthful requires more than simply not lying. This is where the problem becomes problematical. Is it true to say, people kill people, if killing people is an act of such depravity that human beings do not engage in it? What if the problem is not humans, but something else? If it is not named, it does not exist. If we do not have the terms to talk about the problem, 
the problem does not exist. To generalize the problem as being guns killing people or people killing people does not do justice to the problem. These statements do not give the problem an identity. Without the problem being identified, how can it be countered? What stymies civilization is evil. Not because evil exists, but because we do not identify it. To think we can stop evil by blocking evil from certain avenues of expression or scrubbing it from persons it has infected is to misconstrue the nature of evil. People are not evil. Guns are not evil. This is why banning guns and psychoanalyzing people will not solve the problem of mass shootings. We are making a category error. Evil is not in things or even in individuals. Evil is a worldview or culture. Evil is specifically against civilization and it seeks to destroy community. It is not evil people but are the problem it is communities and cultures that do not oppose evil. Criminals are a product of culture. This reality makes evil a race apart. As Christians, we so often protect ourselves but not our neighbor. To love our neighbor is not to give him food and clothes, but to protect him from evil. This is the purpose of the church. The first thing the church must understand is the division between good and evil. If we do not divide from evil, we give evil a place to grow. The image of evil as a set of poor choices exercised by good people is a recipe for disaster. But it is this kind of thinking that leads us to ideas that the tool is the problem or that we are all capable of bad choices leading to the slaughter of innocence. A more realistic statement of the problem is that evil people kill people using whatever tool they find convenient. The response then becomes a question of how do we deal with evil? Until we are ready to ask this question we are aiding and abetting evil by failing to identify it for what it is.